It was just during that time when everything started falling apart back home and when I was watching all these things being destroyed, all these artifacts being destroyed from my nation and from my culture, that pushed me to do a better job. And honestly, a lot of people love their restaurant and love how these sculptures look, and but not a lot of people know that it was happening during that same time that the original ones being destroyed. Welcome to episode 20 of the Assyrian Podcast. My name is Rhoda and I'm so thrilled to be back again as your host for this week's episode. Have you ever found yourself in search of meaning in your life? You know those times when you turn to the things you love like music, poetry, and art to make sense of your struggles and work through them? Well, today we're going to get in the mind's eye of a sculptor, painter, and a true Assyrian artist who has wrestled with all of those questions from an Assyrian perspective and created amazing, hopeful responses. Reni Stefan is a full-time artist who specializes in sculptings and oil paintings. One of his most well-known projects is the sculptures and paintings inside Ishtar Restaurant here in Sterling Heights, Michigan. The restaurant has a very distinct Assyrian feel that immediately transports you to ancient Assyria, and Rennie is responsible for creating that ambiance. Assyrians and non-Assyrians alike come to see his work at the restaurant and often find themselves in his studio across the street to tell him how meaningful his work was to them. Aside from his work at Ishtar, he has also worked with the poet Marina Benjamin to create pieces that accompany her poems. His artwork was featured on the cover of her latest book, Nikwa Uyama, or Lady in the Ocean. In this episode, you'll hear him discuss those projects, as well as some personal reflections on his work and his hopes for the arts in the Assyrian community. Whether you've been listening to the Assyrian podcast for a while, or if you're a brand new listener, reach out to us and let us know by emailing us at assyrianpodcast at gmail.com. Remember to also follow us on social media and most importantly, subscribe and review the podcast. You can also help us by spreading the word and telling your friends to visit us on our website, www.assyrianpodcast.com, where they can follow the links to subscribe using an iPhone or an Android. We're also really excited to announce that you can now find all of our episodes streaming on Spotify. I can't tell you how much we have enjoyed getting to know various Assyrians and bringing you their stories, and we want to thank you for being a part of our worldwide community of Assyrian podcast listeners. Finally, a huge thank you to our sponsor, John Ashana from HomeSmart. Whether you're thinking about purchasing or selling your home, either in Arizona or California, contact John Ashana Real Estate Professional at 209-968-9519 on Facebook at John Ashana Realtor or at John.Oshana on Instagram. Now, here's my conversation with Rennie Stefan. I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, in 1981. I lived most of my life you know, until I was uh, well, like around 10 years old. We left Iraq. A few years later, I was in, uh, we resigned in Detroit, Michigan. I started uh, grade five elementary. I didn't think I had any interest in art, you know, besides just doing normal drawings as you know we all do when we we're kids. But then uh, mostly in the middle school, when I started taking some classes and we had uh, some competitions going on in school during that time. I did some drawings and I found myself that I was really interested in that. I, I grew up drawing a lot when I went to high school, became uh, more serious. 
took a lot of art classes. And the, the, my art teacher introduced me to, to one of the best colleges here in Michigan for arts. It's College for Creative Studies. So that's how I began uh, my art, you know. Do you remember the first piece you did that made you think, yep, this is what I want to do? I remember I was in uh, ninth grade. So I had a sculpt, uh, sculpting class and we had a project where we, we could choose anything and that was like the end of the year project. And most of the year was probably just doing uh, normal class stuff as our teacher had directed, but that project was, it was up to us, up to the students to choose something to, you know, to sculpt or paint. I remember at the time it was a sculpture of, of Agapotros I did, because I was always interested in history and read all about Greece. So I remember I did a bust of Agapotros. And when that was done, I realized that, you know what, uh, the attention that I got from that piece, and it was uh, it was like uh, number one in a class, and I got like number one prize in the class after that, you know, we had like a small competition. I realized that this was something that I really wanted to do. But, uh, you know, as the years went on, I, I continued like practicing and painting, sculpting, so it was an ongoing thing. You do oil paintings as well as sculptures. Is there one you enjoy more than the other? I enjoy both. I enjoy painting and I enjoy sculpture. To me, I think it's it's got a little bit of different feeling, you know, when I when I paint. When I paint, it's, it's a little bit more peaceful than when I sculpt. The sculpture deals with a lot of physical work, casting, molding, pouring, and carrying, and heavy stuff. With painting, it's mostly it's peaceful. You know, I sit and listen to music and paint, so it's 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 a little bit different. But I love both the same. Yeah. We're sitting here in your studio, where I see some things you're working on and some of your oil paintings, some yeah. finished, some unfinished. Yeah. Talk to me about what inspires you to start a piece. If you're just painting for yourself or sculpting something for yourself, where do you get your inspiration from? Well, it depends on a subject. If I am doing portraits of uh, individuals, I normally like to find out a little bit about their history and find out about you know, that person that I'm working with. And that's where most of my inspiration comes from. But if I'm doing a narrative painting where it deals with a subject like a history, Obviously, that comes from, from the love that I have for my history. That's an inspiration. That's the biggest inspiration I have when it comes to historical pieces. And obviously, when I'm doing the religious pieces, that also... I am a religious person. I love, I love going to church and seeing different art pieces that other artists did. I recently watched a documentary called Silence After the Storm. I don't know if you've watched it. There is a part of that documentary that's about an Assyrian artist in yeah. Syria. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said that stuck with me yeah. was that he said a lot of different feelings inspire artists yes. and that grief and sorrow mm -hmm. have a way of bringing out the truth in whatever you're sculpting or you're painting. Yeah. And I'm curious how much that rings true for you Absolutely. in terms of that feeling. Of course it does. A lot of times when I'm I, when I watch something that that's bad in the news or something that relates to my to my history and culture and how it's being destroyed, all these things they inspire my work because I want to rebuild what we've been being lost. But yes, of course, when I when I when I watch things like that, it inspires me to work only because I want to do better. You know, I want to show people that uh, there is hope, not mm -hmm. for any other reason. So I wanted to show people that we still have hope. Through our art, at least me, through my art, I could show that our nation is still alive and strong and we could still continue.
I am remembering the videos of ISIS destroying our artifacts yes. mm-hmm. in Iraq. And I'm sure it impacted Assyrians all in different ways. Yes. I'm wondering how it impacted you, not just as an Assyrian, but as an artist. Well, of course it impacted me a lot because I was devastated. You know, like when I was working, during that time, I was actually working at Ishtar Restaurant. It was just during that time when everything started falling apart back home. And when I was watching all these things being destroyed, all these artifacts being destroyed from my nation and from my culture, that pushed me to do a better job. And honestly, a lot of people love their restaurant and love how these sculptures look. And But not a lot of people know that it was happening during that same time that the original mm-hmm. one was being destroyed. So that was that inspired me to do a much better job than I would have probably done before. Let's talk about Ishtar Restaurant yeah. because we have listeners who are not from the mm-hmm. Detroit area. Sure. And so I want you to talk a little bit about restaurant and how you were commissioned to do mm-hmm. the work inside the restaurant. Yeah, so Ishtar Restaurant came about uh, three and a half years ago when I was, I was doing completely other things. I was with my uncle that uh, does construction work so he parked over there because he had some kind of business with these people and it was a new restaurant being open so i was just sitting in a car and i'm looking and it says coming soon ishtar restaurant and i love that name i said this is such a beautiful name for a restaurant uh probably five minutes later i get a phone call from my uncle that was inside talking to these owners he said hey listen i was uh talking to the owners and i told them that you're an artist, maybe you should come and look. And they were looking for somebody to design this place. I said, sure. So I was, uh, you know, when I went, walked inside of the place and right away, I mean, I could see the whole picture. It was just as if something came in me. I said, you know what, I, I got to do something here that's going to that's gonna change a lot of lives and a lot of people's, you know, minds about our history. I didn't say anything to him. He just, I introduced myself to the, to the owners. They were both there. And then I showed him some of my work. They, they loved it immediately. So I said the only thing I could do is take some pictures of the place and do some design work and hopefully we'll go from there. So I designed the whole place uh, according to what I thought everything would fit on the walls. I, I, I chose uh, some of the most well-known pieces from our culture, some of the strong pieces from our culture. I wanted to impact people when they see it. And I also chose a very large scale. I wanted them to be just uh, moved when they saw those things, you know, when they walked in there. Even though it's just a restaurant, but I wanted to do something. That was my time to, to do something, to do some kind of a change here. That's how I got I got the commission. When I showed them the design, uh, the owners were just completely blown away. They said, is this really going to be a restaurant? I said, yes, it's going to look actually better than this because this is just a picture. You're going to actually get the real sculptures. And so, the, you know, I got the commission. We started working. It took me about close to seven months to complete the whole project. It was very fast. I worked night and day, holidays, I did not take any breaks. It was just a, it was an ongoing thing. I had, a, I had friends that helped me a lot with, with casting and well, you know, it was heavy work. So it was kind of a teamwork, but in the end, I accomplished something that I've always wanted to do. I've, I've been working with artifacts and Assyrian Babylonian artifacts since I was like a very young age. So this was my time to actually show something that I could do in a larger scale. In the end, the results were amazing. People are being blown away, and and I get I get people telling me that they come from out of out of state, out of country, and the first thing they do when they think about Detroit is like we want to visit the mm-hmm. restaurant. So that's kind of uh, I get happy when I hear you know people. Yeah. What are some of the pieces that you did for the restaurant? I did the Ashur Nazarpal chariot, the lion hunt. That's very well known. 
piece mm-hmm. from the history. I also did the two Babylon lions that's, that was near the Ishtar gates. I've done the, the Lamasu, the two Lamasus, also like a, a, a nice scale of, of, of those pieces, replicas. I did the Kithara, the musical instrument from uh, Sumerians. I did the Ishtar gates in a large scale. I also did the Tree of Life. I've done uh, Hammurabi, Masalat Hammurabi. The I did that, yeah, the code of Hammurabi. And I did also a, a paintings. I've, I've done uh, one painting, a large scale painting of the lion hunt also. That's, that's sitting across from that uh, large size uh, sculpture. And that uh, Ashurbanipal sculpture, that's about uh, six and a half by 20 feet wide. So it's gigantic, yeah. yeah. And the painting is sitting right across from it. So, and I've done a little bit more stuff. When you enter, when you enter the restaurant, I also did two columns of Lamassos. They're seven foot high, and I did the map of Iraq with all the cities and artifacts. So that's kind of, and that's all I can remember. Yeah. And I've done a lot of pieces for them. Yeah. You talked about rebuilding some of our history that's being mm-hmm. lost at the moment yes. and has been. Um, in the process of destruction over the years because of genocides and different things. It's 2018. There are different types of art in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what you think about the process of preserving what we had in our history versus moving forward and creating new pieces. Mm -hmm. This is something we've talked about with a couple of people on the podcast. Preservation of the culture versus ensuring it continues and stays continues to thrive and grow mm-hmm. where do you see that juncture as it as it relates to your artwork and just assyrian artwork in general well most of most of my work that i do personally for myself it's more modern assyrian art i am a classical artist i deal with a lot of like realism i've i've studied anatomy and with all the respect to all the other styles of, of art mm-hmm. With me, it's more like realistic art. When I have my own stuff that I'm working on for my shows, <clears throat> most of the pieces are from the history, but I've got a new take on them, the, a new new way of showing my pieces. If it's Lamassos or, or if it's a bust of kings, I, I do completely different than, than our original art. But I also love our original art because that's something that a lot of our people have been They've, it's been taken away from our people, and a lot of people are not familiar with those pieces. So the reason why I, I, I chose to do something that was ancient in an Ishtar restaurant, because I wanted to in- introduce our history to those people that have never actually seen it, have never probably even read about it. Maybe they've heard it, we have Babylon, we have Mesopotamia, Assyria, but they've never actually seen anything that's close to what was like before. Mm-hmm. So showing it in a scale that I chose was a way of forcing it on these people in a way, in a good way. I wanted them to really see. It changed a lot of people's lives because a lot of people tell me our kids are interested in art now. Our kids are interested in history. Our kids, we are interested in history. When we see these pieces, we go and study about these pieces. We take picture and we go and try to see what this is all about. And what we found out was something so amazing and it changed it changed a lot of people's minds about our history and this was kind of my goal but when it comes to doing my own work my own personal work it's completely different it may have the same subject but it's more in a modern way that i do it yeah you were recently at an event in chicago that took place at the oriental institute 
And for listeners who don't know, the Oriental Institute in Chicago displays a lot of Assyrian artifacts. Talk to me about that event and talk to me how your piece came to be auctioned at the event. So an organization bought one of the pieces to be auctioned at at the museum for that for that night. And knowing just uh, how when I was sculpting when I was working on that piece for them was the Babylon line. When they sent me pictures of the event, I was really moved because I it was some it was, I've been to the museum. I visited it. It's so beautiful, and to see one of my pieces displayed next to the actual piece was amazing. That kind of shows that through all these years of of all these years that we've been destroyed and we've been taken away from all our pieces and our, our art and history and our country to see after all these years that we still exist and we have artists that still are embracing and showing this culture in an old and a new way was very moving to me when I see these pictures it was just amazing to be displayed you know it was actually displayed next to the to the actual piece so I was very happy I've been thinking about that because Every time I think about it, I get chills. Yeah. Um, if that, if I were you, and yeah. I imagine you can tell me if you uh-huh. felt the same way, but if I saw something that my hands yes, created yes. Yeah. next to something that my ancestors mm-hmm. created, exactly. that is such a moving experience. So I can't even imagine yeah, was, what that was, was like for you. It was an amazing feeling. I, it, was, uh, it was almost, uh, to me, it was a big accomplishment to see that. All my hard work, all these years, to see one of my pieces being displayed next to the real ones, it was just something moving. It was something, it was very personal. I was very happy yeah. Yeah. and I felt like, you know what, and it gave it motivated me to do even much better work. So, You said earlier when we were talking about the Ishtar restaurant that parents and kids would see the art and would be inspired yes. to become artists or learn about the history. I'm curious what your family's reaction to you pursuing the arts was. Um, a lot of Assyrian families and other in other cultures too, they push their kids to get an education and get a job that's going to pay well. Yeah. And they generally that means pushing their kids away from the arts. Yeah. And I'm wondering what your family's reaction was when you said this is what you wanted to do. So yeah, my family has been supportive of me since the beginning. Honestly, I come from a family that are all musicians and artistic and open-minded. So probably the biggest supporters is my dad. He's in my studio half of the time watching me work. I guess he's very happy that I've accomplished uh, my dream to be able to do this full time. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of artists get this opportunity, and I'm very fortunate that I do have my own studio, and I'm just in my studio work. My family always was supportive. And I see a lot of people now, you know, when we when we were designing Ashtar and everything, so a lot of things came along to, in, during the end of the project. I was telling the owners that you should have, you know how when you go to a restaurant, they have these coloring crayons for mm-hmm. little kids. So what we did was we, we added all these artifacts and, and wrote a little story on, on all these. So now when little kids go there and they see and, and they see these pieces and they're actually coloring the Babylon lion and the Lamassos and the Babylon Tower and the Ishtar Gates. See, these kids actually ask, and uh, and they ask their parents and what, what these things mm-hmm. are. And I've seen a lot of support from also those parents teaching their kids. I don't know if they, they want them to pursue art, that's, uh, I don't know, that's their, but uh, to me it's like uh, amazing when I hear these people come into my studio and, and they tell me that uh, our kids are so interested in art now and history because of what you've done there. Mm-hmm. That That makes me really happy, so. Are you involved in any initiatives to 
support young artists or any kind of apprenticeship? So yeah, my studio is is open all the time. A lot of, I get a lot of people coming from Ohio. I got a lot of people coming from Virginia, Texas. A lot of people that actually visit the restaurant. They tell me that their kids are like their kids are interested in learning art. I got a guy that was from Ohio. He said that he has three kids that they love art and what from what they've seen at the restaurant they really wanted to pursue and do sculpture and work with clay and so when they came to visit my studio the man asked me if I was able to help his kid and I've been helping them a lot they come to my studio they help me out mold making castings and work with clay and I've got a lot of people that actually come in here and help and they learn and yeah so so my studio is always open the other thing I've been thinking about as um I've been looking at your work and we've been talking is how you create art that probably bears a little bit of your soul and who you are yeah. but it's also your livelihood mm-hmm. this is this is what you do for a living this yeah. is how you make money people commission you to mm-hmm. do various pieces and art can be so closely yeah. related to who we are i've been thinking about a creative writing teacher i had who refused to grade our poems because she said she couldn't put a grade on a piece of our soul yes, of and so i've been thinking about that with your art pieces how do you reconcile those two things that this is art that displays a piece of my soul but it's also how i make my money and it, yes. you know if you're being pragmatic and realistic i'm just wondering what that's like for you to me it's like any piece that i do if i don't love it i don't do it any piece that I get commissioned if it's portrait or if it's a historical or religious piece if I don't love the piece and really fall in love with the subject I normally don't end up doing it because I really don't feel close to the subject and I've turned down some quite a lot of work because this is probably a subject matter or I, I want to deliver something that I really feel and and feel good about even though sometimes it's not my own subject I've worked with with writers poems especially Marina Benjamin, you know, a well-known writer, Syrian writer. So I've worked very close with her. I painted a few uh few poems that that one of one of my paintings became uh, her book cover quite uh, with with among like two other great artists that work with that book. So like I said, I, unless I feel very close to the subject, even though it's not mine, unless I you know, I feel very connected to it, then I just don't do it. But yeah, you know, most of the time when you see me working and any piece that I create yes I do feel very close to it you know what was the piece that you did that was based on was it based on one of her poems yes actually two of them were based on her poems uh, I wish I had a little bit more time to do more but the project it was, it was they were working on a project very fast and I only had time to do two paintings and one of them became uh, Nikoyama that became uh, that was her book cover. I do work with a lot of people that have beautiful songs that they've written and they come and tell me, you know what, you know, can we do this and and can we paint this or so I feel very connected if I feel very connected with a piece yes, I I pursue it. What's the process like for creating a sculpture cuz you talked about mm-hmm. clay work yes. and then molding and mm-hmm. casting. Walk me through what that whole process is like beginning to end. Sculpture is a little bit different than painting, you know, it's because you're dealing with a three-dimensional object. It requires a uh, physical work. When I'm, for example, sculpting a piece, I have to deal with building the armature with uh, which requires you to have either like pipes and things like that to be welded together 
and wires and to build a structure of a, of a piece. And then on top of that structure, you have to build another structure that's lightweight, maybe foam or anything like that, that, that has to be sculpted, but uh, maybe like only a, to a certain degree, it, it cannot be final. And then on top of that, you have to start laying the clay. And then with clay is where the modeling comes in, the sculpture, you know, you have to deal with a lot of details and carving. And so when the, that's all the first stages of the sculpture. And when all the models completed and finished, a lot of times I end, I, I mean, 100% of the time we have to create a mold because a clay cannot be displayed as a final work. It's got to be done in a, in a different material. It could be bronze, stone, resin. It depends on, on the subject or it depends on what people prefer. A lot of times when I'm when the sculpture is done, I have to build a rubber mold over that. And then when that, mold, when that rubber mold dries, I have to build another fiberglass mold on top of that. And then once that process is complete and the mold, the mold is opened up, you know, I have the mold in my hand. So all that original sculpture that we've been working on for months and months, it just becomes a waste mold. And now we have the mold to work with. That's our masterpiece. So then you have to deal with casting that piece in, in a certain, you know, whatever material people refer, you know, if it's stone, I have to brush on the stone and deal with fiberglasses. And then once, once that process is all complete and you open up the mold, you have the piece that's basically pure off-white or white. So now it depends on the, the subject. We have to, if we are, we, if I, for example, if I am doing an ancient piece, I have to make that piece look like it's thousands of years old. It's not just something that was now born. It has to look very authentic. So that, then I have to deal with, uh, it's called a patina, a process called patina, where I do a bunch of glazes of colors to make that piece look very old and authentic. So it's it's a long process to have something complete and finished. But with painting, it's a, it's a little bit different. Painting, you have a canvas or a panel or whatever, you know, you're working on. You start off with a drawing, initial drawing, under layer, and then you start working with colors. It's very lightweight. It's very colorful painting. But like I said, I love working with sculpture as much as I love painting, so. How long does it take you to finish a sculpture from start to finish if it's human size, let's say? That also depends on, on my mood a lot of times, <laughs> you know. Uh, a lot of times I could get something like that going within probably from start to finish complete project. Could be like probably two months. Mm. It takes a while because uh, this it's a long process. Uh, just dealing with, with all that framework and all that clay work and... It, that takes time itself and then when you start sculpting that's also you got to deal with at least a month of that or not sometimes even more i've had projects that i've completed in a month i've had projects that i've completed in six months so it just it just depends on on, on a subject matter too when do you know when a piece is done it's never done it's never done believe me but uh we you know we learn this as we grow up and we, we know we study art there is a time that you have to let go there's there's a certain time where you know you just feel like it's complete and to me when i i finish a piece and i come the next day and 99 percent of the time i touch it again because i feel like you know i i overlooked something or maybe i was concentrating on something for too long i i, I overlooked other places so it, it, it just depends you know you have to learn as an artist a lot of times you think you have to perfect something and we were not, we're human beings we cannot do anything perfect so 
we will do it as you know the best we can and then learn to let go sometimes and a lot of times i feel I, you know i just feel i feel like this piece i should not go more with it and i just stop you said you like going to museums mm-hmm. i wonder what that's like for an artist to go and view other people's work yeah. and especially when you go to places like the dia the mm-hmm. detroit institute of art where they display assyrian pieces yeah. what is that like for you so I get this question a lot, and I, the first thing I tell people is like, uh, it's like when your phone battery is dying and you need to recharge it. Mm-hmm. I, I go there to get recharged. Mm-hmm. When I go to the museum, it's very personal to me. If I go with my friends, that's more like of just walking through and showing some people, just teaching them about some pieces and how these things work. But when I go myself, it's completely just recharging my batteries. You know, I go there and I see myself uh, I'm in a different world. You know? I'm in a world where this is where I want to be one day. You know, I want to have one of my my pieces being displayed in one of these places. So I get inspired from all these masters, all the all the paintings and sculptures that I see. And a lot of times, when as uh, as many times as I've been there, I've probably been there a million times. I go there three four times a week. But every time I have a project that's that I'm going to start, it's an important project. I go to the museum and, and walk around for probably three, four hours and take my sketchbook and just draw. And uh, if it's painting, I study the the masters and how they, they laid their colors. And and I look very closely. I, I see things that other people probably overlook, you know, because this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's very personal to me. Yes. And I, when I go to the museums, it's very important to me that uh, I'm always there. And I, it keeps me going. Who are some of your favorite artists that you look up to, get inspiration yeah. from? So there's a lot of artists, you know, throughout the history that I've, that I've studied and seen. I mean, Rembrandt, uh, for example, Bogoro, obviously Raphael, Da Vinci, Michelangelo. I mean, all these artists I've studied, you know, since I was a little kid and, and I've looked up to a lot of those artists. So uh, it just depends. You know, it depends. Uh, I've, I've, I like them all differently. I, they all have their own styles, and I like, I like each style you know, different. So, What is your hope for Assyrian art mm-hmm. in our community? Well, my hope is always to, to be recognized by others, by other cultures and other nations, because we are just as much as capable of any other, you know, any other cultures. People just need to realize that we are still living, you know, we are still existing. A lot of people, you know, when I was in college, they tell me, you're a Syrian, wow, you guys still exist? Yes, we do. I tell them, we, we do exist, I'm here. So uh, I've taught a lot of uh, people from my, from my college that, uh, and, and actually a lot of those people actually went back and, and learned and what's going on in, in, in our history. And then, you know, so it's like we've, we've been through a lot, but we're still around and we're still capable. And my hope is just that, uh, for a lot of artists to be inspired and not uh, be turned down but from what, from what they're seeing. A lot of, you know, I got a lot of artists, they tell me, you know, what are we doing this for? You know, uh, what is this for? 20 more years, uh, you know, we, we will not have any Christians existing in Iraq. So what, are, what is this for? What are we trying to do? Why are we doing it here? Go Atharat Nakhrai. I say, no, this is more important to do Atharat Nakhrai. People need to know that we're existing. Because if we do it in our country, you know, obviously we need to rebuild, yes. I mean, what can we do? We live in these countries now. You know, and our, it's our part and our job and our duty to show these people that, you know what? Yes, we are from there. And yes, we still do exist. And then hope one day that uh, we will rise again and 
move forward. Have you been back to Iraq since your family came to the United States? No, it's been my dream to do that. <clears throat> Honestly, like a lot of things just hold me back. Maybe because of what's happening there. I'm afraid for my life. You know, I, I have uh, have a kid. So I'm always thinking about a lot of things. But uh, it's been my dream to, to visit. It's almost like uh, I say to myself always, I wish one day they could tell me, you know what, it's 100% okay to be back there. <clears throat> and I want to go visit all these historical places and just, just to revisit my country. I mean, that's, that's my dream, yes. I would love to one day. Do you think if you went there, it would be a different level of inspiration for you? Of course. Of course. Because uh, all these years, you know, I left young. So when I left, uh, when I left Iraq, I really didn't know what, where I came from and who I was. You know, we're kids. We, even if our parents told us, we, we probably just uh, didn't listen. We didn't care. I mean, it was okay. But uh, growing up and knowing about my history and my people, yes, it's going to have a big impact on me. When I go back there, because of all these years that I've been involved with, with my culture, it's like amazing to be able to see the real stuff. You know, this, this, is what we, this is what we've been working for. This is what we've been, you know studying this is what we've been trying to accomplish everything we've been trying to accomplish is it's in that land we're i'm here yes so it's uh, of course i would love to one day to see it it will inspire me a lot too you said you have a kid yes how old is your kid so my son is six years old yes and and if you're gonna ask me is he an artist maybe <laughs> he, he likes to draw so he uh, i bought him a drawing board and uh, he you know when he's around in the house i, I bring him to my studio sometimes yeah, but uh, I see him that uh, I teach him some things and sometimes, sometimes he draws things and he shows us. So I hope he's got it in him like me, but I'm not going to pressure him. What are you looking forward to in terms of your son growing up and seeing your art and learning about mm -hmm. his history and where his dad was born and where his yeah. dad comes from and who he is? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's going to happen for sure because I've done a lot of pieces that I you know, attribute to him. You know, so I'm hoping one day when he grows up and he realizes, you know, that I've uh, that his dad has worked all his life for this for these people, and I'm gonna definitely push him to do that also. You know, I will teach him about this and history. I mean, he doesn't have to necessarily be an artist, but if if he wants to, I'll be his number one fan, obviously, and I will uh, push him and teach him. But yes, I will. I will. I will definitely have him. Uh, learn about his history and never to forget it, you know, to see where we came from. And, and I'm always uh, thinking, you know, someday, like, uh, I have a lot of work in public, and I always wonder how he's going to feel when he starts understanding that, you know, his dad did this. That's a, that would be a great feeling. Do you have any pieces that you've done that you won't ever sell to anybody, and they're just that personal to you? I have a few pieces, yes, that I've done. It's uh, A lot of those pieces... A lot of times, uh, it's not good for an artist to hold on to his piece too much, because you you have to always improve and and move forward. You have to always do better than than your last piece. But there's been a few pieces that I it's been very close to my heart, and I don't let go of those pieces. And uh, a lot of a lot of times, uh, it's because the quality of that work at that time was when I worked on that piece was very good. I I thought it was very good. So when I take it to my shows and display it. I think that those pieces show what I am capable of doing now, you know, at this age. So, yeah, I got a few pieces that I don't let go. How do you go about arranging shows where you showcase your work? 
So a lot of times uh, people just call me and uh, a lot of the gallery that they're doing a certain show, they would like me to you know join and bring some pieces. A lot of times our organizations, you know, they put shows together. And uh, a lot of times it's uh, just artist friends, you know, we gather and we decided to, to do like a show together. I've never done a solo show yet, but uh, I'm hoping uh, very soon maybe in Chicago I'll have a solo show. I'm just preparing. I've just been really busy doing commission work now. I haven't really had time to do most more of my personal work. But when I have a few weeks in, in, in between projects, I, I manage to paint or sculpt a few things and keep them on site for, for those shows. So hopefully uh, one day, you know, um, very soon I'll have my own solo show in Chicago. There are things that we do for a living and then the thing we do to get away sometimes from what we do for a living. I love to read. And so when I'm not working, I'm reading. Mm -hmm. The thing you love to do is sculpting and painting, but that's also your day job. So how do you balance those two things? What is your work-life balance like? So I've got other hobbies that I, I, you know, also, yes, I don't consider my art being work Mm -hmm. because if if I do that, then then I'm not going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a passion. My art is passion. It's not a job for me. Even though I have my own studio, and yes, I do get commission work, and I make my living from art, mm-hmm. but it, I don't consider it as, as work. I consider it as a passion. And every piece that I do, I put all my passion into it, even though that piece is not going to be mine. My name is on that piece mm-hmm. forever, but it's not doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the person that paid for it. So, But I put my all my hard work into it. But I also have, yes, I... As much as I love to paint and sculpt, I'm a human being. I need to I need to have my mind off of that for a little bit, just to refresh myself. So I uh, I've got a hobby that uh, it's a crazy one. I fly like a lot of RC jets. Cool. Yeah. So I go to like uh, we go to clubs and we fly RC jets, RC helicopters. I mean, I do all kinds of crazy stuff. I uh, you know we 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 have those electric like skateboards we go take them you know go we go for miles you know riding with friends and you know just to keep my mind i mean among other things you know i have sure. a lot of a lot of hobbies that i like to to do to keep my mind a little bit off of uh-huh. work or art how important is it for you to be a part of a community of artists it's very important you know i uh i love being with artists friends you know i love we i love when they call me and tell me you know Hey, Rennie, we're going to gather, you know, we're going to the museum today, you know, maybe 15 of us. So it's uh, it's very important to be with other artists. It's always, as an artist, uh, you always have to refresh your mind. You have to see other people's work. You have to be open-minded to other people's work, you know, give and take, and be able to accept uh, people criticizing your work in a good or bad way. So to me, it's a very it's very healthy to to be a part of artist community and friends to have artist friends to go on for a coffee and talk about each other's work and what they're what they're planning to work with. So it's very important. What do you hope to see in the future in the Assyrian artist community? That's a good question. You know, I would love to see one day that we work together. You know, hand in hand. Honestly, none of that old-fashioned jealousy stuff you know the old-fashioned mentality that uh, a lot of uh, unfortunately I don't want to there's no names that are going to be mentioned but some of the artists have conflict with each other as in you know 
Assyrian artists or Chaldean artists or whatever you want to call them. But uh, I've seen some conflict between artists. And my hope is one day to work together because after all, no matter what we do in this world, no matter what kind of art we produce, in the end, uh, we are doing it for our culture. We are going to be, they, are, we, they will say this is a Assyrian artist that created this masterpiece. So in the end, we go back to who we are. So to working together, I, I would love to see for artists, you know, come closer and just join each other and work very close and teach each other. What has the support from the Assyrian community been like for you and your work over the last few years? It's been great, honestly. I've, the support that I've had, I get a lot of artists complaining about how we don't get support from our own people. I mean, I've been through that a little bit before, you know, growing up, but that's also like, that was also because I needed to improve my work. I mean, you need to show quality work for people who are gonna commission you to do quality work. So to me, it's been great, honestly. I mean, lately, uh, past all these years, like I've never had any any issues with anybody. People have been very supportive. All our, you know, our, a lot of the foundations, a lot of the organizations have been great supporter to me. They commissioned me to do lots of work. So I'm hoping everybody gets that. I'm hoping all the all the artists get a piece of that, you know, and, and to be able to show their work you know, all around the country. So I hope that one day we have some kind of a museum that displays the work of artists like you mm-hmm. because that would be really nice mm-hmm. to see. What what do you think about that? I think that's that's an amazing idea. I think sometimes like a lot of the money is being spent for a lot of things that probably are not going to make a difference in, in 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 our people. But to have like a, to have like a, a art gallery or or a big art gallery that that displays a lot of the artists from you know around the world, not just mm-hmm. this country, just just like a, a big gallery that every month have certain artists you know to be displayed together. This month's show is gonna be Paul Betu, Rani, Flan, whatever. Like we have five artists this month, and and to have these galleries, maybe honestly, one in every probably state that we have a lot of people living in. So it's it'll be amazing. It, you know. Art is uh, it's life changing. Art art is what culture is all about. I mean, how do we have known where we came from if it wasn't for all these artifacts? How do we know who we are if it wasn't for these for these things that were you know under the ground and now it's existing in front of us? So art is very important for any 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 culture, and I think I think our people should really should really really embrace it and and have art galleries for all artists to show their work with because in the end artists are very important for this culture what strikes me about the work that you do and the work that a lot of artists do is that it does remind you of the past Mm -hmm. but with an eye to the future because you're also hoping that in the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. people in younger generations and people in future generations will look back at your work and know who they are and know where they came from so that's interesting to yes, me too of course like a lot of times when i see like when i go especially to auaf uh, in chicago and i see all these kids artwork being displayed because you know they teach art there you know they have art classes completely free for whoever wants to learn that's amazing uh, i mean that's 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 great music and art so whenever every time i go there they have these uh, drawings or paintings of young kids that 13, 14, 10, 9, 8, you know, being displayed on these walls. And I see some of those pieces, they have like, you know, the Lomaso done in their own way. 
that makes my heart so big because I feel like, you know what? Okay, yes, I do come from new generation, but I also, I am 36 now, so I'm kind of considering myself like a little bit older. So I see a lot of younger now generation. Actually, when I see their work and I, I see no matter what kind of work they're doing, even if it's abstract, all like paint, all, you know, paint all over the canvas. And then in the middle, you see like a Syrian star. That makes my heart so big, really. And because I feel like, you know what, you know, this culture is really moving forward. And to see these teachers and these, you know, parents teaching their kids about this culture, even though we are, you know, far away from our homeland, it's, uh, it's very moving to me. So I would like to see more of that. What are some of the challenges that you faced as an artist when you were first starting or even as you had started to work as an artist in the beginning i did i did a lot of uh i started with mostly drawing and then i moved on into there's a there's a process called wood burning so like you kind of you use like a, a hot tool and you burn the wood i've done quite a few pieces of those so the only challenges that i had difficulties that i've had was you know, when you're a beginning artist, you you overlook, you haven't studied really the anatomy of the horses and people. So a lot of times you just do things freehand, you know, and you look at a, a certain reference and you kind of don't, you know, don't get it dead on. Maybe human faces, you know, maybe the face is a little bit small, maybe a little bit big. So you get people telling you, hey, how come you have this head is bigger than the body or the leg is bigger than that? So I, I still have that in the back of my head. Like I still remember that was my biggest fear. Is that was my biggest challenge actually. Like when I do a piece and what the people are gonna say, because we uh, as, as as Syrians we tend to we we don't look at the important part of the subject. We like to kind of Nitpick. show the yeah <laughs> pick on on certain things. So I I've had quite a few of those kind of people during beginning of my art career. So in the beginning, I used to get really frustrated and I thought about quitting a million times and said, you know what, you know, no matter what I do, our people are never going to like it, no matter you know, what I do. Is, but no, I, I stuck to it because my dad kind of pushed me and said, you know, look, these people got to make you stronger, not, uh, not don't put you down. So I took that lesson and uh, just studied and, and got better. So these were the challenges that I had you know, growing up with art. What is your advice mm -hmm. for anyone listening who might be an aspiring artist? My advice is to them is, if you love it even 5%, pursue it. Because you never know what you have inside of you. See, I have a lot of people that come into my studio that have never even picked up a, a, pen, a brush or, or pencil or drew anything in their life. I mean, seen art, they've, they've maybe did a few drawings back in when they were in school. I've taught these, these people uh, drawings that uh, are probably in in a late high school or maybe even beginning of college level and it took them probably a few months because they had it in them they really wanted to learn how to draw they always wanted to draw they you know what for whatever reason they have in their life that kept them away from it now it's like they they see my work and they they, they get inspired and they say to me you know already can you teach us how to draw faces I tell them, I'm not going to teach you how to draw faces. I'll teach you how to draw the foundation of art, and then you could move on into faces. I think a lot of people that came here and, and I taught them how to do certain things, I was very shocked. I, I was shocked to see somebody that never had any art lessons before 
and to to take a short period of time and to create a really nice beautiful piece of art that could even be displayed in a in an art show so that those people had it in in them and they have the love for it but they're always afraid to do it because they they didn't have anybody to lead them the right way so to me anybody that's interested to pursuing art i think studying art is very important no matter how much we love to do it alone no matter how much we love to look at a certain picture and do it there is foundation that that needs to be learned and everything will just make sense to you in the end so yes if if you are an inspiring artist definitely you should go for it at least try